Today, we are kind of launching a place where we believe that God is calling Coastal. Um, you might have walked in and you see our serve signs there and you see our serve signs in the foyer. And um, we just are excited about the coming month of July, this month that we're in. We're excited about what God has already done in this. Has anybody had anything, God do anything for you in your life? Anybody? Three people. Anybody have God, has God changed your life? Is anybody here going to heaven? Uh, raise your hand, because if not, you're going to hell. We'll just get you saved right now. <laughs> you don't want to go to hell. You think this is hot. It's really hot there. You know, so listen, so, so, so listen. if God's done something for you, if he's done something in you, and we know, I know that he's done something in me, and I, um, Pastor Stephen mentioned um, just a minute ago about our baptism. And uh, I, I love our baptism so much because when people go down and they come up, it's a life that they're putting under the water and they're coming up by grace into the life that he's called them to. And it's a powerful experience. But this whole entire month gives us an opportunity. Um, Miss Patty said something to me this morning about serving, and she's very right. Serving isn't a month, it's an attitude. But one of the things that Coastal Family Church is going to do this entire month is we're going to focus our serving. Um, I'm sorry that it's the hottest month that we live in. I, 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 um, we, we kind of are partnering with churches all around the nation. Um, they do a particular day called Serve Day, and in our staff and in our meetings, um, we started discussing that, and we decided to take the entire month, and you would say, well, why do you want to do an entire month? And here's the deal. How many of you have plans the month of July? Okay, that's pretty much all of you. How many of you know that if we picked the date, that half of you would have plans on that day? And so what we decided was is that we were going to give you opportunities and throughout the entire month to work around your schedule. There's some nighttime things. There's some daytime things. There's some weekend things. There's some manual labor things. There's some serving things. There's some food things. There are going to be things every single week that we present to you to give you an opportunity to get involved with. And we are beyond excited. Our team is beyond excited. I might, you might see my serve apparel that I have on this morning. Um, Last year we had the color blue, so if you have that and you still love that, that's great. This coming Wednesday as we launch our serve day, we'll have some of our new apparel available to you as well. But super duper excited. Gonna go with, um, gonna go to a scripture this morning, um, that we kind of initiated at the beginning of this year. We believe that, uh, God sets our hearts at attention every single year in a certain direction. And so this beginning of the year in June, um, in January, Pastor Stephen just had left on his heart that this is the year of generosity. And because of that, um, I would like to remind you of a scripture, you know, in second Peter chapter one, verse 12, you don't have this, so don't worry about it. Um, it, um, Peter then reminds me, he says, I want to put some things back into your remembrance. Here's the interesting thing. He said, it's things that you already know things that you're already aware of. Many of you have your generosity wristbands on. I see them all the time. Carlos is sitting right here. You've got your gener. Many of you have them on your keychains, and you're aware of generosity. But I'm here today to remind you, just like Peter did. He said, "I'm going to remind you of the things that you already know in your heart." So I'm going to turn to a scripture. Am I going too fast this morning? They always tell me just breathe for a second. So, whoo. Here we go. Philemon, you can put that up on the screen. Chapter 1, verse 4 through 7. Just give me a second as I turn there this morning. And I'm going to read several portions of scripture right here, starting with verse 4. And I'll be reading this morning out of the New Living Translation. Before I read that, I want to share something. 
I have this in my notes, and I don't, and I don't want to forget this. Pastor Stephen and I, uh, we've had a couple experiences, it seems, lately. Um, we've had the privilege and the honor. We uh, get to meet so many people. We get the privilege of um, people asking us to do their weddings and just all kinds of experiences. Um, we had a, uh, I got a phone call about a serve opportunity for us this com- upcoming month. And so we drove to the person's house. We didn't know them. And we drove to this person's house. Um, it's an elderly gentleman. And we pulled out and he, we just dr- were driving by to scope the situation to see if it was something that we could tackle. Because sometimes things are a little bit more than we can handle, you know? And so we were driving by and there was a gentleman out in the yard and so we got out of the car and we introduced ourselves and we began to talk to him. And I don't know about you, but lately it seems to us, just the two of us, that something's been stirring in our hearts. And he, we got back in the car and had a conversation with him and, and, and heard a little bit about his life and the situation that was going on. And we got in the car and I told him, I looked at him, I said, seems to me... We're meeting a lot of different people these days. Seems to me that God's trying to talk to us about something. So we've been making a real conscientious effort to see people how God sees them. We've been, we decided in the car that day, I think it was last Thursday, in the car that day we sat and we said this, God help us see people how you see him. Because you know everybody's got a story. Anybody in here got a story? And how many of you, sometimes you run into situations, and this might even happen on serve week, serve month. You might show up at someone's house. And how many of you have run into situations in people's life, and you meet them and shake their hand, or you talk to them, and you start calculating their life story? You know what I'm talking about. You start deciding how they got where they got. You started calculating their, what, what, where they are in life. And you are, you are considering, hey, because sometimes we see things and we say, how'd they get there? Why, why'd that happen to them? We, we met a friend, uh, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. He said something so funny to all of us. We, we had an opportunity. We're having an opportunity to serve him. He's gone through some challenges. He said this to us. He said, I'm going to tell you to leave your judgments out the door. And we all kind of giggled because, you know, he must have known that we were going to have some. He must have known that we were going to calculate what was going on in his life and compare it to our own. And we had an opportunity to step into pride and think, I'm better than you. And I got somewhere that you aren't. And see, serve month is going to be all about you putting your pride down and your serve up. Because I'm going to tell you from the beginning of the time, that is what Jesus did. He said, I came to seek and save those that were lost. All throughout the word, I find him washing people's feet, ministering to the poor, laying hands on the sick, bringing deliverance to the people who were oppressed. All throughout the word, I find him saying, you know what? What's in me, I give to you. And so many times we have an opportunity to calculate someone's status and think we got here by some work of our own hands. I'm here to declare to you who you are has nothing to do with who you are, but only through the grace of God are you. 
Thank you. (laughs) And I'm going to ask that you take every opportunity as they come here and you go out there and you look at those lists week after week after week and you ask the spirit of God on the inside of you, where have you called me to place my servant heart? And wherever it is, I leave it no judgment. I have no gossip. I have no murmuring. I have none of that. I leave it at the door. Actually, you leave it at the cross with which where you got saved. We have a friend of ours who was in an elevator one time. I think Pastor Stephen just recently shared this story. He said there was a couple in there that was quite drunk and quite obnoxious. And as spiritual as he was, he was standing beside them. Because, you know, that's what a spiritual people do. He said, the Holy Spirit came up on the inside of him and said, the only difference between them and you is me. It's the only difference. And here's the thing. When we go to serve, we're not trying to fix anybody. We're just trying to love people. Amen. They don't need a counselor. And if they do, we got professionals. They just need people to love them right where they're at. Amen. Amen. Philemon. It's going to be fun today. Look at your neighbor say, it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> All right. Philemon, chapter 1, verse 4. Here we go. I always thank my God when I pray for you. This was our beginning January scripture, if you remember. I always thank God when I pray for you, Philemon, because I keep hearing about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people. Verse 6, and I am praying that you will put into the, that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have in Christ. Your love has given me much joy and comfort, my brother, for your, has often the hearts of God's people. Now, I love this little portion of scripture because Paul is setting Philemon up. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever set anybody up? Anybody ever said, I just appreciate you so much. You're just the best of the best. Now, here's what I need you to do. That's what I'm going to do to you today. I probably should just go ahead. I don't want to trick you or manipulate you. I'm going to stroke you, and then I'm going to ask you to do something. Is that all right? You like it when people are honest? That's good. I'll be honest. So here's the thing. I'm not doing anything unscriptural because obviously that's what Paul did to um, Philemon right here. So here's what he gets ready. He gets ready to tell Philemon, listen, there's somebody that you really don't like very much and I'm going to ask you to do something you really don't want to do because I don't really care how you feel. I just want you to be obedient. Check this out. I have to hold it out here. (laughs) Okay. Verse eight. Huh? I'm not giving into it. I'm just going to hold it out here. (laughs) Okay. Okay, that is why, <laughs> that is why I am boldly, say boldly, asking a favor of you. I'm going to ask a favor of you. Okay, a favor of you. I could demand it in the name of Jesus because it is the right thing for you to do. Isn't that funny? That's funny. But because of our love, but because of how we feel about one another, but because of how you feel about me and how I feel about you, do you like me? Just shake your head yes. Just talk about it later if you don't. Okay, listen. Just say you... <laughs> don't you go sideways. <laughs> I saw somebody 
we do that? Just a second ago, like, yeah, kind of. Just depends on the day of the week. Just teasing. Listen, because you love me and I love you, this is what we're going to do. Because of our love, but because of the love, I prefer simply to ask you, consider this as a request from me, Paul, an old man, I'm not old, and now also prisoner, I'm not a prisoner, for the sake of Jesus Christ. I appeal to you to show what? To my child, Omniscius, I became his father in the faith while here in prison. Now, check this out. Put this part up. Go ahead. Onesimus, as I don't know if I think I'm saying it right, hasn't been of what? He, he hasn't been of much use to you. Now, here's the situation. If you don't know, if you haven't read the history on this, he was Philemon's slaver. He was his servant. And he ran away. And he's saying, look, to me. You're irritated with him. He didn't follow through with his obligations. He didn't follow through with his commitments. And you don't really like him that much. And you and your sister, because this is a house church, him and his sister have a house church. And they're saying, you probably talked about him. You don't really like him. I've obviously, he was in prison with Paul. And now he's become a brother. Paul's mentored him while he's been in prison. And he's saying, I'm going to send him back to you even though he hasn't been of much use to you he says yet now here's the thing i'm gonna tell you something you're gonna meet some people this month that aren't that much use to you they haven't done anything for you yet they haven't done anything for the kingdom of god yet but I'm believing through the love of God that's in me, the love of God that's in you, that they're going to come in contact with him and they're going to do all the things that God has preordained for them from the beginning of time to fulfill their call and purpose on their life. But they won't experience it unless they come in contact with the love of God. Here's the interesting thing. You're waiting for someone to scratch your back before you scratch theirs. This whole world is pff, Ridiculous. I told a friend of mine the other day, do people read the same Bible that I read? This is not based on how good you are to me that my response is I'm good to you. My response is based on my relationship with Jesus Christ and how I respond to people and how I love them and how I treat them. It's not based on whether you're nice to me. I don't give two hoots. It's a joy when you're nice to me and I enjoy your company. But listen, if you treated me like crap, I'd still treat you good. Try me out if you want. Because here's the thing, you're not moving me, he moves me. And I'm going to encourage you, you are going to come into people like Onesius and you're going to think, listen to me, they tear me up. Their situation wears me, I don't got time for their mess. You know what, Jesus didn't have time for yours, but he made it. You once were somewhere that wasn't pretty nice either. And someone took a chance on you. Actually, Jesus already made a way for you. So I'm going to share some pictures with you this morning. I'm going to share with you four things about Serve Months. And you can put our first one up for me, sugar. I wrote this down. I have four matches to strike your heart this morning. Four matches to strike your heart this morning. And this first one, there's Ruth and Mr. Frank Hester. And the first match I want to strike with you this morning is servanthood as passed down from generation to the next generation. Listen to me. Your children and the people around you, they don't just see servanthood and initiate themselves. It's passed down. Listen to me. Frank, Ruth is holding the bag, and Frank's putting the trash in. 
And here's the thing. I guarantee you Ruth was there because her mom and dad that sit on the front row said, hey, baby, this is how we act and this is what we're going to do. Now, check it out. I'm going to show you in the Word and Titus. Now, we're going to go to Titus chapter 2, and I'm not going to read you the whole, um, the whole chapter of Titus chapter 2, but if you'd like some personal study, I encourage you, go read um, um, to, uh, Titus chapter 2, and you start at the beginning, and you're, you'll see here from the very beginning, Titus goes ahead, and he begins to explain that this is how things are supposed to be done. This is how th- this is, the older men are supposed to teach the um, younger men. The older women are supposed to teach the um, younger women. Go ahead and let's put that scripture up there for me, Carson. I'm going to read to you this one little verse in Titus, and then I have another couple verses in Titus. Titus chapter 2, verse 7, and it says, and listen, this is what, this is, I'm sorry, this is Paul actually talking to Titus. And you, your what? I say, myself. And you yourself must be an example to them by what? Doing what kind, what? Doing good works of what? The kind I like. The kind when it's not hot outside. The kind that smells real good. The kind that's real convenient. You know those kind. Those are the kind I want. Air-conditioned pasta dinner ones. You know what I'm talking about. Sign me up for that. Doing good works of every kind. Let everything you do what? Reflect the integrity and seriousness of your teachings. See, listen to me. Your good works are tied in to how you represent Jesus Christ. If you want to go ahead and preach, I I hear, it's funny. Hallelujah, I love the Lord. God has been good to me. How about if you serve in infants? Oh, Jesus' name, no. That is not God. Oh, it was God. It was. You just didn't want to hear that that was God because it wasn't every good work that felt convenient for you. Just saying. Check this out. <laughs> Verse 11, 15. If you wear steel shoes today, you're in good help. <laughs> 11, verse 15. Here we go. For the, now, I'm going to read this portion of Scripture for you. Just hold on with me. It might seem a little wordy, but I'm going somewhere. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. Go ahead, next verse. And we, now check this out, and we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with what kind? And what? And devotion to God. Go ahead, next verse, baby girl. While we look forward with hope, now listen, he's getting ready to talk about heaven, so we're to live in this world a certain way with wisdom and revelation and knowledge and righteousness, while we look forward with hope to that wonderful day of the glory of our great God, Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. Next verse. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, and to make us his very own people. Check this out. Totally what? To doing. So listen, the only reason that he cleansed you, made you whole, gave you his righteousness, was so that you could be totally committed to doing good deeds. Check out verse 15. You must what? Teach these things and encourage believers to what? Which might mean to say to me that it would be an opportunity for us to teach some people how to do these good works because guess what? You might fall away and not want to do them anymore. Amen? Amen. The next one. Next picture. That's Caleb Hannah's little boy. Lesson two on Serve Month. Gratitude is our... 
That's one of our cultures here at Coastal Family Church. And I'd just like to remind you before you get all sweaty and before you start pulling weeds and throwing out someone else's trash, that gratitude is your... And you don't want to look like Caleb when we show up on the scene. I want you to look like this. I love this so much. I just can't stand it. I want you to leave that place and your face be tired from smiling. This is the best thing in the whole world. That's how I want to look. No joke. Gratitude is our attitude. I want to read you this scripture in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 7. It's going to be in the message translation. Message translation. Just one little portion. I think Carson has it for us. And work with a what? Look at your neighbor and smile. Try it out. See how it feels. Some of you, it's hard. Look at your other neighbor and give them cheesier ones. Cheesier. Cheesier. Show some teeth. It'd be fun. Then, okay. And work with a smile on your face, always keeping in mind that no matter who happens to be giving the what? Orders. You don't have to be the boss of that show. You don't have to be the boss of that place because you're going to have a smile on your face. You're really what? Serving who? Serving God. Hallelujah. This is not about who's given orders. This is about who's ultimately called us to serve. Amen. We're going to do it with a smile on our face. Put Caleb up there just as a... There we go. There we go. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. This is what I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. Thank you. Work how? At whatever you do as though you are what? For the who? Rather than for? People. Hallelujah. You're not doing this as unto people. You're doing this as unto the Lord. And we're going to do it at, uh, with a joyful heart, with a happy heart, serving people to our strongest ability. Amen. Amen. I'm going to turn to a... Oh, I, I want to tell the story about Caleb. I can't remember if I told this in prayer or if I shared it with us um, during um, at, at me exhorting you a little bit. A couple, uh, I guess it was about a month ago. Our, our son Chase, he's had some stuff going on with his truck, and we've been piddling with it and fixing it. One day, Chase was, they had, Steve and him had worked on it for a while, and they just couldn't get it running. Chase was ticked off. You know what a 19-year-old boy looks like ticked off? Just go ahead and exemplify it a little bit more. Chase was ticked off, and uh, he was just irritated, and uh, Caleb was in the, in the driveway. Caleb's five. Chase is 19. Caleb looks up at Chase and he says, well, Chase, why don't you just think of three things you're thankful for? <laughs> now, Chase wanted to go off on that little five-year-old for a half a second. And me and Pastor Stephen, we just started howling. We're like, well, I'll be if that wisdom didn't come out of a five-year-old. <laughs> just keep us in check for about the next two weeks. We just kept saying that to ourselves. Just think of three things you're thankful for. Just think of three things you're thankful for. You might just need to write down three things you're thankful for today. As you put them on your mirror, put them in your car, put them where you need. Listen to me. When you're at that house and you don't like how, it, and you're getting eaten up by, anybody got any yellow flies at their house? Dang those things. Those are hurt. Telling you they'll bite you and eat you up. Listen, when you're pulling out somebody's weeds and those things bite you all up. Listen, be just be thankful that you go home to some air conditioning. Hallelujah. Amen. Find three things you're thankful for. I'm going to read this scripture for you real quick. I'm going to read this scripture for you real quick. And uh, I got to find it real quick here. Luke chapter 10. I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation. Luke chapter 10. Many of you... Um, 
might be familiar with this portion of scripture. To be honest with you, I've never taught this portion of scripture that I can remember. In Luke chapter 10, I'm going to go to verse 25. I'm going to start here and read this. It says, one day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? In verse 26, Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say and how do you read it? Verse 27, the man answered, that you must love the Lord with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 28, Jesus said, right, Jesus told him, and do this and you will live. Verse 29, the man wanted to justify his actions. I'm not quite sure what those actions were. Maybe his serveless attitude, his willingness not to reach out to people or to be judgmental. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? In verse 30, Jesus replied with the story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes and beat him up and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, and when he saw the man lying there, he crossed the other side of the road and passed him by. And a temple assistant walked over, checked him out, and looked at him lying there. But he also passed by on the other side. And then a despised Samaritan came along when he saw the man and he felt, what did he feel? Felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins telling him to take care of this man. For his bill, if his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay the next time I'm here. Now, which of these would you say was the neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits? Today, I present to you, as you watch this short clip, we actually took it from State Farm. I'm just being honest. Because like a good... State Farm is there. (laughs) I'd ask you this morning, who's your neighbor? You can lift the weight of caring by doing. This morning, I'm going to leave you with one last picture. It's our friend Bella. Bella's mom's back in the back. Her name's Kim. Many of you know Kim and Chad. Kim said to me the other day, I asked her if I could use this picture. She said, that surf shirt's Bella's favorite shirt. As if she knows there's something connected to it. The art of serving. And the day I would challenge you with this. Don't let your inabilities limit your capabilities. Don't let the things that you can't do stop you from what you can do. 
Don't let your work schedule, the busyness of life, the fact that you need to clean your own house or mow your own grass, the fact that you have vacation planned for the whole entire summer, or that the day you've signed up to serve, the sound is glass calm. Or maybe you've got a cold. Or maybe your back hurts. Or maybe you're ticked off at your spouse. I'm going to challenge you. The enemy will provide you with inabilities. But if you'll be like Bella and put on a shirt, I see her every single Sunday. Get herself out of that car while her parents help her. Roll herself in here. Her inabilities don't keep her from her capabilities. I'm going to leave you if you'll stand up this morning with one last portion of scripture out of Matthew. Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. Actually, will you just keep the picture of Bella up there? If you'll just pay attention to my words. I'm going to read 31, chapter 25, verse 31 through 40. But when the Son of Man came, comes into glory, and all the angels with him, and they will sit upon the glorious throne... And all the nations will be gathered in his presence. And he will separate the people as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. And then the king will say to those on his right, Come, all who will be blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. And I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. And I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. And I was naked, and you gave me clothing. And I was sick, and you cared for me in prison. And you visited me. And then the righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you and, or thirsty and gave you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And verse 40 says, and the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the what? When you did it to one of the it's the least. Not the person you choose. Not to the most convenient. Not to the one that you think deserves it. But to the least of them. My brothers and sisters, you were doing it unto serve month Dare County we're coming for you we're coming to love you
to feed you, to mow your grass, to put up fences, to change light bulbs. We're coming for you. We're coming to feed the international students. We're coming to feed the lifeguards. We're coming for you. We're coming for you. Because I'm doing it unto him. And I'm going to answer to God for it. Close your eyes in this place.